Hey there, hi there, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Herp Report with Jason White. I'm your host as always, John Taylor. Brought to you by today by Herpeticulture House Magazine. Herpeticulture House Magazine is the only 100% green electronic reptiles and amphibian magazine. Uh, newly expanded in July, actually. We're going to be putting in four new columns. We're going to have kids' pages, conservation concepts, breeder spotlight, and also going to do reptile show listings. If you're not a subscriber, definitely check it out. I think it's a well-worthy purchase at 10 bucks for a digital magazine that you don't have to store. Uh, you can always go to your computer or your Kindle, iPhone, whatever electronic device, grab the latest issue. So, Jason, we got to uh, talk about large snakes today. Oh boy, are we going to. And stupid people, as usual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How did that story start out? Um, Hold my beer and watch this. I mean, both of those stories can start out the same. <laughs> Hold my beer and watch this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hold my beer, y'all watch this. <laughs> oh, boy, a 55-year-old man out of Florida shot himself in the ankle while wrestling with a rattlesnake. Awesome. Um, he, he was actually, at, at one point in time, meaning to point the gun at the snake. And oh, he was. Oh, I thought he was just shooting himself. Well, you know, I mean, you do have those crazies moving from Ohio down to Florida, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when those country boys get down in that, that warm weather, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, all hell's going to break loose when he gets down there. I, I, I know, and I can't wait to hear the message you're saying just now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, so yeah, he um, saw a snake in his yard, and he went back in his house to get his gun to shoot the snake. He went outside and claimed, he claims that the snake wrapped around his leg and tripped him. And, uh, yeah, that was about the story. The snake was pinned beneath him, and the gun accidentally discharged while he was trying to free the snake from underneath him, shot himself in the back of the ankle. So we're actually supposed to believe that the rattlesnake actually wrapped around his leg instead of striking him like a normal rattlesnake would do. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Back, back up the truck there, John. A normal rattlesnake would turn around and go the other way. Well, this is true. Unless it was cornered. Then it might turn and, and, and stand its ground. But, no, apparently down in Florida, they got some super sons of bitches out there mm. with, with, like, 30-foot rattles on them that trip people. Man. Yeah. So, I I'm only assuming, and you know, there's nothing against people in Florida, but I'm assuming there was a fair amount of alcohol involved. That's usually the way it works. It was at about 5 p.m. Wednesday that this uh, this all took place. So you know, it, it was a little bit after beer 30. Yeah. Yeah. Happens every time. Good times. Man. There's a moral to this story, children. Don't shoot snakes. Yeah. Or don't shoot anything. Yeah, it's no point. You know. in, 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 in fact, if while wrestling with a snake, your firearm discharges, you probably should not have a firearm. <laughs> there's, uh, there's more than one time that this has happened over the past uh, year and a half or something, John, where somebody's gone to shoot a snake and hit themselves with a bullet. And I don't make this stuff up. I really don't. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember hearing about some guy uh, 
shooting a hole in his boat, actually. <laughs> and sinking the boat. It was pretty funny. That was on Swamp People, wasn't it? It should. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I think I saw a preview for that once where the guy, the alligator, he didn't kill him. He drug him into the boat and then took another shot at him in the boat. Yeah, that... And once again, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, I, there's there's so much to be said about this story, John. But there's <laughs> it just <laughs> it's like this guy is he is our douchebag of the day, but at the same time, he's got a bullet hole in him now. So I, you can't say anything about him. He's got a bullet hole in him. <laughs> <laughs> and. I, I am also happy to find nothing in this story about the snake being harmed at all. In fact, there's no, there's no telling what happened to the snake. I'm assuming once the piece of lead went into this guy's ankle, he realized he had bigger problems and probably ignored the snake after that. Nice. You know, so uh, I, I could just see him reeling in pain on the ground while the snake slowly slithers away back into the bushes. <laughs> Oh, God. Snickering to all his friends. <laughs> He's going to tell this story for years to come. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, speaking of uh, big snakes, we uh, have two big snakes that are kind of made the news for kind of a wild topic, really. Well, At least not one that I would ever have thought of. Yeah, you, you see, John, and... and Okay, I, I, I first, I got this email about the, uh, the King Cobra experiencing some problems, and, you know, I, I, I don't think it's any secret, the King Cobra, there's a lot of stuff out there now experiencing problems that it has been for years, and will be for years for that matter. Um, but I had no idea it was as bad as it was until I actually started uh, looking into this to see that the, the King Cobra was, was added to the latest IUCN red list. Um, as a threatened species, right? And and you know that that kind of threw me back a little bit. I had no idea that the the problems for the snake were were that bad. Um, yeah. And, and, and for sure that you know I don't it's it's not my area of interest really. Mm -hmm. um, I I assume somebody that keeps them maybe probably knew this, but I I think they're cool snakes, but I don't really follow them closely, so. Uh, but that's just the, the beginning of the can being open. Mm -hmm. To learn after that that the Burmese python was also added to that list. And, um, and I quote, populations show no evidence of recovery and illegal harvesting continues. That is what really piqued my interest in, in this topic. Because, uh, you know, like I was saying, John, we supposedly can't get rid of them over here. And they can't keep them over there. Right, right. And I, I mean, I, I just, out of everything that we've heard, regardless of which side of the story you're on, this whole Python ban thing here in America, right? I don't think anybody had any clue, really, that that, that this snake was threatened in its native range. Yeah, I don't think so. And uh, just for our listeners edification if they're not familiar with uh, the IUCN it's the uh, International Union uh, for Cons Conservation of Nature is that correct? Yes, International 
National Union for the Conservation of Nature. Yeah, basically what they do is these are the guys that basically make up and tell the world what's endangered, what's dead or extinct, what's soon to be extinct, what have you. And uh, through following uh, Jason's lead on this story, uh, we found out that both the Burmese python and the king cobra are both listed as vulnerable, which means attack. Uh, here's the definition straight from the IUCN redlist.org website, which will be in the show notes, of course. A taxon is vulnerable when the best available evidence indicates that it meets any of the criteria A to E for vulnerable section uh, 5 and is therefore considered to be facing a high risk of extinction in the wild. Let's read that again. Therefore considered to be facing a high risk of extinction in the wild. Extinction in the wild means... Extinction of the wild is when it is known only to survive in cultivation, in captivity, or as naturalized population or populations well outside the past range. That's pretty serious. Yeah, you know, and to dumb it down a bit, a little bit, they're fucked. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I think that's a term that we can all understand. Yeah, yeah, and Um, you know, and it brings up a really good point of you know like we were talking about earlier, okay, so now we have these snakes that are quote-unquote an invasive species in Florida, but in their native habitat they can't keep them. Or they keep eating them or something. Well, okay, John, here's something. Okay, they uh, trade and over-exploitation for food and skins is, is what is specified here. And Something that really jumps out at me at this is um, they talk about illegal harvesting. So clearly, over there in the native ranges, it is not legal to be taking these snakes out of the wild and eating them. Right. But at the same time, it's not legal in Florida. They have a licensing process in Florida during the python season or whatever, do they not? Right, right. Are Are they even still doing that whole idea of open season on pythons in Florida? You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I can't help, but it, it, it's telling us right here, the, uh, the International Union for Conservation of Nature is telling us that take from the wild is creating huge stresses on this species. Right. And huge stresses to the point after, ha- after you go through the habitat loss and, and, and you know, natural predation and, and all that stuff, it's enough stress to show that there's no evidence of recovery for the species. Right. So, the way I translate this into fixing our problem here is, you know, not only is it, does it make economic sense for Florida to allow anybody to just go there and take these snakes. Yeah. But, but clearly, the take from the wild causes enough stress to show no evidence of recovery for that species. Right. So, you know, it just, I mean, what I say, I'd like to think if I was writing the rules, open season, year-round, no license, get the goddamn things out of my country, you know, and I I honestly think, uh, obviously, you'll have to make it a little more politically correct than that, but I honestly think that would fix our problem. Well, but then, uh, the only problem that you usually run into that is people misidentifying snakes. Well, and, 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 and is 
bad as it sounds, and oh gosh, I'm gonna get so much hate mail for this. Collateral damage. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay. I, I, I think there is to be expected a small amount of collateral damage. Right. Or something like that. And and it, it's it, I, I know it sounds bad, but we also know that if you have an open season, no licenses, go down here, catch them, kill them, eat them, do what you will, just get them out of the wild. You know just about every redneck in Montana is going to be down there doing it. Yeah. And they might not be all... You know, up on the application, uh, <laughs> so there, of course, will, will be some collateral damage. But I ask you this, John: What kind of collateral damage are we looking at when you're searching for ten to twenty foot snakes in Florida? Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you see a ten to twenty foot long snake in Florida, there's there's really only one answer to that: <laughs> get it out of there. Yeah, true, true. It doesn't belong, you know. Uh, now, baby pythons, possibly, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure what they have down in Florida, but I'm sure there would be some misidentification. Yeah. That, you know, maybe adult individuals of another species being a baby Burmese python or something, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, we've all seen that in the media, talking about Burmese pythons and showing pictures of ball pythons. Oh, God, yeah, don't even get me started there. Yeah, clearly there would be some collateral damage, but... But, but think about the, the risk versus reward. Well, what I'm thinking of is, you know, if these Burmese pythons are an invasive species here, and uh, they can't keep them over there, well, they can keep them, but they keep, let's see, what did it say? They're eating them. Uh, exploited for food and skins, uh, with population declines estimated at 90% over 10 years. And that was in 2009. Yeah. You know, and then the uh, last sentence... Um, but, but oh, and, and, and you see that, that's easy math for anybody. That means since that list has come out, they've had a 30% population decline. Right, right. Oh, and, and, I mean, that's huge. In three years, 30%? And potentially close to or exceeding 50% over the preceding 10 years with declines ongoing due to heavy exploitation and a lesser degree to habitat loss. So basically, China and Vietnam are just exploiting their animals, is what it boils down to. But if I understood what you just said there, John, they're saying that habitat loss in their native range is the least of their problems. Yep. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty bad. And, and, but at the same time, I would like to point out that they've got their own way of doing things. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, some people like to eat turtles. I don't, but I don't hate them for eating turtles. Over there, they like to uh, use these snakes for food and skins, which, um, you know, it's, it's, it's gotten as bad as it's gotten. Which is you know what would be really interesting is to find out where those materials, those skins, where they're being shipped to, because I guarantee you, I, well, I'm almost positive I know where a lot of it goes. Yeah, yeah. Right to Mary Kay and Ashley. Exactly. Yeah. Straight to London. Yeah. So, but what I'm thinking is, since it is an invasive species, um, what we'll do is we will get, you know, Billy Bob and, and Joe and all of his colleagues down in Florida, tell them, look at this picture. Go get it. Yeah. Bring it back. Don't kill it. 
just go get it and bring it back. We collect them all and we ship them over there. And, you know, we open up some type of trade organization. It would be a win-win. It would be a, a complete win situation for breeders, importers, exporters, hunters, the, the, the entire pet community trade and everything here in America. Well, as well, it would be a win for everybody. Yep. And, and, and you know what? I, I can guarantee you, if you get somebody in there to draft something that's got more than three and a half brain cells, John, that it wouldn't cost them a penny. It would not cost them a penny. People can catch them here, sell the skin to, uh, you know, back to a, a foreign importer or something in their native range. You're creating commerce, and, and it's not costing our government a dime. Right. And it's fixing the problem. And, and, and I mean, this problem goes way beyond this. There's still a lot of education that, that needs to be done and a lot of work that needs to be done in the future to, to, to stop this kind of thing from happening again. You know, so, so the work is never done. Yep. But at the same time, at, at, at the same time, John, you, you know, we caused a problem here and we have an answer for it that, that costs taxpayers nothing. Yeah. So what's the problem is? The silence is just killing me. <laughs> I think it's killing everybody listening too. I, I don't. I, I I cannot see how whether you go to the Justice Department, I don't see how you can go right to the Humane Society's front door, and 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 present this to them. How they would have a problem with it? I, I mean, we all know they would. We all know they'd figure out something. Oh yeah, totally. But 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 how can anybody with half a brain have a problem with 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 an idea like that? I don't know. You know, it, it, it just man. We yeah, it's this shit, John. You know that we should get paid for this shit. Dude, we should totally. We 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 should copyright these ideas and 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 resell them to people. Yep. <sighs> Telling you. So, now the King Cobra is a different story because, well, not really even there because due to hunting pressure. Well, that's almost a flip-flop, though, because it, it you know, loss of habitat is, is a big problem for that one, whereas loss of habitat is a small issue for, for the python, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Is it, it, it is getting some hunt, um, it is getting some hunting pressure. But according to the IUCN report, it says particular defore, uh, particularly deforestation for agricultural conversion, which basically means we're turning the entire land into a farm. Yeah, yeah. Don't they know about Farmville? I'm sorry, yeah. bad joke. Oh my God, you just ruined my night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a really bad joke. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, 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 Hey, maybe that could be the new one, you know? My father's addicted to that game. <laughs> that could be the new game. Do you have any idea how many farm bill invites I've had to block? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about the goddamn gold goose egg. <laughs> I don't care about the gold goose egg. If you have a real gold goose egg that you want to give me that I can go sell 
and use it to tie constrictors with or something, <laughs> then we can talk. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. I'm Googling gold goose egg right now. Exactly. <laughs> I hear the little... <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but yeah, again, right back to the beginning of the story, the King Cobra. I, I had no idea that, that it was... You know, I didn't either. That's why when you, you know, when you had, were talking about the report, and you kept, you know, at the end of the report that you had gotten, the uh, end of the report that you had gotten, you mentioned Burmese Python, you realized that I was still stuck on Burmese Python and totally disregarded yeah. everything you said prior to that because it was said Burmese Python. Well, and then when I asked you, you're like, no, dude, the King Cobra. I'm like, King Cobra? What? <laughs> what the hell? I, I read this whole story. And did all this reading about the King Cobra. Yeah. And, and, and then I get into this little paragraph that goes into that, the problem with the Burmese python. And it's, it's just like a light bulb. I just sat here and said, oh my God, that is the most, you know, for somebody that knows what they're doing, this is the, this is the most brilliant paragraph I've seen in my life. And, and, and it's coming from a, a, a worldwide recognized organization that knows their shit. Yeah. And, and but but again, this whole story started with the uh, the vulnerable listing of the King Cobra. Yep. And I I, I just I, the I vulnerable know. listing of King Cobra. I never in my life thought I would hear those words. Well, you know, I, I've talked to people that that live where King Cobras live. I, 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 we probably all watch the same documentaries and everything, and I know they've got issues. Yeah. It, it was my understanding that, and, and, and this is just, it's ignorance on my part, but it was my understanding that the snake was had a, a certain amount of respect over there, and, you know, yeah. exploitation and stuff is much of a problem for that snake because of how they looked at that snake. Right, um, right. But apparently I was very wrong because over-exploitation, for medicinal purposes at least, is a huge problem for that snake. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of interesting though because they're talking about different areas that I was even unaware that the King Cobra existed in. Yeah, yeah. You know, they said the surviving population of the snake in Vietnam may be very small. You know, which I didn't even know. I didn't even know the animal existed there. You know, I thought it was. Uh, I mean, I knew Southeast Asia. I just was never really actually sure. I knew India. You know, that whole region there, but I didn't know into southern China, um, Nepal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Himalayas. Wow. Yeah, Eastern Ghats. And I, I, I think the problem there, John, is when. Most of us have never had the, uh, just about all of us have never had the honor to, to see one of these things out in the wild. Yeah. Uh, most of us have not had the honor to even see them in captivity. But most of us, I think, when we just generally picture a king cobra, is behind a piece of glass. Yeah, exactly. We don't even think about where they come from, you right. know, and, 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 and what small populations might be scattered outside of their home territory or even what kind of small populations might be moving further outside of their natural range trying to get rid of some of this or get away from this over-exploitation you know it, 
I mean, when they lose habitat, they got to go somewhere, right? Yeah. And, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just... You know, what's really cool is you, you can actually click on the range map, and it'll tell you the species range. And it it's got a pretty decent range, it looks like. Um... I guess that'd be southeast India, or eastern India rather. I don't see what you're looking at, John. If you go on to the, uh, I'm, I'm I'm on the listing right now. Yeah, if you go up above, if you. Oh, I see. I see. Click here to open a map viewer. To yeah, a it's really cool. I should put a link to that in the show notes. Okay, range, range, range. Oh wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know they were all over that. No, that's crazy. So you're looking at, gosh, how many thousands of miles? Uh, is there a measurement on here? I don't, I don't see one myself. I don't see one either. But yeah, that's, I, I mean, Jesus. I mean, that's, that's a pretty fair, you know, that's a huge range, man. All the way from Nepal to, God, the tip of Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, into the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... You know, and it's off of Vegas Hanna. It's not, you know, we're not mistaking this for a different species of cobra. No, no, I had no idea it had that large of a range. Neither did I, so... To be on the vulnerable list, that's... That's pretty freaking serious. Well, I, I mean, it, does it work that way? I mean, a snake with a long, long large range... Is, is generally not uh, having the same issues as opposed to one, well, such as like the rubber boa here. You know, the, the range is so small. You know, you would think with the, a, um, a population range, or a larger population range anyway, that the animal would be, you know, more available I guess would be the best way to put it but when you have smaller populations like if you compare the population of the rubber boa to the king cobra uh -huh. it's like night and day yeah yeah and actually the rubber boa is of least concern but, but you would think not yeah so it's kind of wild you know and again it's got to go on population of people and how many people are actually taking the snakes um, you know, there's a lot of factors in there. And then if you look at, you know, habitat destruction, that's going to kill snakes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, to have a problem with, with something like that with such a small, small range, to have a problem throughout its entire range. Yeah. For they're, something that stretches that many thousands of miles, that's just... Yeah, they're doing some serious damage. You know, and I... And I really, really think that a lot of it is due, as far as the King Cobra is concerned anyway, um, is due to habitat loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just sad. You know, but then again, we've got people out there, you know, that uh, will go and orphan, you know, baby rhinos just to get a horn. Exactly. You know, I think there's what I uh, I almost want to say that there's only like three or there's some like really minuscule number of, 
a certain species of rhino now left in the world. And they have actual people walking around with machine guns guarding these rhinos from poachers. They can't protect them. It's, I mean, how insane is that? You know, John, we were talking about going to the zoo this weekend. My son wants to see a rhino. And, you know, it's funny you bring it up because we were just last night, we were just talking about it. And do you know how much trouble I'm having trying to find a zoo that's got a rhino? Wow. I didn't know that. I haven't found one within 100 miles yet that's got one. Wow. You know, and of course somebody uh, mentioned to me to go down down near you to the San Diego Zoo, but I, I don't think they realize that I'm looking at a nine-hour drive one way. <laughs> you know? and well, yeah, there's that. The, 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 you know, the small details. I don't want to spend my whole weekend in the car. <laughs> yeah, you know. All right, kid, there's your rhino. Get back in the car. i got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's it, it just, it, it, and you know, stuff like th- th- this exact conversation just amazes me because it's not, it, it, it's not just about the pythons, it's not just about the, the king cobras. It, it it shows how, you know, two people like us that that do stuff like this on a daily basis, how little we knew about these two things until we started digging a little bit. Yeah. And you know how 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 little do we all as a as a, as a community self know about anything out there, right? You know, I mean, you you figure this this thing about the Burmese python, you figure we know everything about them by now, and and that's not to say somebody out there didn't know this stuff already. I mean, obviously somebody did because we read about it. Right, right, but it's not getting out to the actual community that's interested in conserving the species no it's not it's not it's not getting out to hardly anybody you know and it, it's just I, I mean this information if you if you ask me this one little piece of information I mean this is a nuclear bomb yeah this can change everything with the the right people with the right mindset can turn everything around with just just one little paragraph here yeah and it's just, but is it going to happen? Nobody can tell, man. Pro- probably not. Yeah. I, I, I mean, to the the powers that be that, that might be able to do something, they don't care about this. Because, I, I, I mean, in all honesty, this isn't going to pay for itself. Right. You know, this, this, this. This has to be taken on by somebody that's got nothing to lose and nothing to gain from it. Yeah. What else can you say? Unfortunately, I'm afraid that anybody that could change it wouldn't because there's really not much to gain. Right. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a ton of shit to gain, but but there's no, uh, nothing financially. No. No. No fame and fortune to be gained. From a from a fight like this, um, but but I think the ultimate gain of it is you know conserving a species in its home range and conserving our native species by getting rid of this invasive species. I, I think that's what can be better a better gain than that. It makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, that's the problem. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes too much sense. Therefore, it's never going to go anywhere. No, no, because we don't do things that make sense. No, we don't. They might, you know, that might get illegal. 
probably already is in some states. <laughs> I think so. Like Florida. I, I just, just kidding. I never understood Florida's hunting. Uh, you know, when when they came out with this open season on pythons, I thought, yeah, good. They're they're doing it right. You know, it's. It, it, it's unfortunate that a lot of these things are going to get a bullet in their head, but they, at least they're they're taking care of their crap. Right. Know? But then when I started reading about requirements and and it just really, mm. you know, by by laying all these restrictions down, you just cut down three quarters of the people that would go down there and help you take care of this problem. Right. Right. And you know. You might have somebody that would scrape together their whole life savings just to go to a trip to Florida to be able to hunt these monster constrictors, to be able to stuff one and put it on their wall if that's what they're into. Right. But then when you put a $20 fee on the permit or something, that's when they say, no, nah, I ain't giving you any money. Yeah, true. You know, and that, that, it's, it's terrible, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm all for licensed hunting and all that, and, and uh, you know, but... For a topic like this, it makes absolutely no sense to me at all. Yeah. Pretty wild, man. All right, so I think that's about wraps it up for us, yeah? John, I, I think we're going to have to force that to wrap it up for us because we'll go on and on and on about this topic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I have no doubt this is probably something that's going to be revisited numerous times. And I mean, my wish would be in the years to come. I mean, we we now have information in our arsenal that we didn't have before. Yeah. To to just discredit any of this information from this world-renowned source and pass it off worthless would would be a mistake, in my opinion. It would be to me, but you know, we're not the powers that be, so it's. I, 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 we see it happen every day, John, and that's what I'm worried about. We see it happen every day. You know, hey, look at this, and then the next day, what were we talking about? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it just, and I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe if we can get a handful of people together to, to push the issue and really, maybe something could be done, but. Yep. Again, it's just a matter of. You know, getting the right people to, to understand that, you know, I mean, you're not going to get a paycheck to do this. Yeah, no. It's just going to be something that you have to take on for, you know, the, the, the love of conservation in nature, basically. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see where it leads, man. And so there you have it. That was Hurt Report with Jason White and John F. Taylor. And, of course, we once again would like to invite you to subscribe to Herp Pediculture House Magazine. That's herphousemag.com. All the information will be in the show notes about the IUCN, uh, the IUCN Red List, herphousemag.com, all that good stuff, as well as, of course, the Daily Reptile News. And we will see you next week with more of the Daily Reptile News and Herp Report with Jason White. Thanks for tuning in. <music>